0: welcome to the texas home improvement super podcast with jim dutton all the best calls this week throughout the state of texas brought to you by floor and decor largest selection of hard surface flooring
1: and lowest prices guaranteed dale this is jim how can i help you
2: uh jim my house was built in 1978 and it's brick and now, especially with all this water and everything, I'm building, I'm getting a green buildup on the uh, outside of the brick. Uh, what do you recommend to remove that with?
1: Well, you can do a light you know, pressure washing on it to take a lot of it off. But if you'll use a product called Wet and Forget, and you can get that at Ace Hardware, you literally can just spray it on, leave it, and it'll kill all that stuff. Uh, and it'll, it makes the brick look almost new again
2: okay that i think that would be the best uh what i'm concerned about with pressure washing is most pressure washers have 1500 psi or some high psi like that which is probably going to take the grout out
1: it does but you you use a fan tip on it and it, the further away you stay from it the less pressure it's putting on the the grout lines and such so okay. you, you know that's why i say you've got to be careful with it but if it was me I'd go get the wet and forget and not have to worry about it. Okay.
3: Well, you're good. Thank you.
1: You bet. Take care.
3: Uh-huh.
1: Again, our number, 713-212-5874. Corey, this is Jim. How can I help you?
4: Yes, sir. I've got a house built in 73, and the hot water heater is in the garage. And while well, it sprung a leak, I'm getting ready to sell this house, and I want to replace it myself. But I have a question about the pop-off valve or the, the, the blow-off valve. Right. Well, you're supposed to, you know, have that thing with a foot off the ground or something like that, but do I have to plumb that all the way outside of the house, or is it in the garage and therefore it's close enough to the ground? Or How do they address that on these older houses?
1: Well, if you weren't changing the water heater out, uh-huh. uh, typically once something is done, it would And if it met code back when it was done, it would stay that way. However, when you have a new water heater put in, you have to bring it up to current code. Uh Current code is it has to go outside.
4: Okay, and that means run it down the floor and out the side of the garage or or figure out some way to get it up and out and over the attic and down the wall.
1: Well, you're typically not going to run it up uh, into the attic. Uh, Is the water heater not near the outside wall?
4: nowhere near it. It's uh-huh. right in the middle of the
1: garage. You know, I, I, I'm going to tell you, if you'll call and talk to Jason okay. at my, uh, at Due West Plumbing, my plumbing company. Okay. He'll give you whatever the code is for that, because I got to be honest, I'm not sure what they're going to for- make you do on that one. Okay. And the All number right. is 713-475-0004. All right. And let me ask you another question, though. Is this gas or electric? It's electric. Okay. Uh, and the reason I'm asking that, if it was gas, you'd have to get it up off the floor and all that stuff as well.
4: Right. Right now, it's just sitting on some cinder blocks. No pan, no nothing.
1: Yeah. So
4: it's been there a while, and you can tell.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of times people worry. I, I it. There's two things that always bother me when I'm looking at houses or looking at ads for houses. People worry about a water heater. And, oh, it's got ceiling fans. And neither one of them realistically cost all that much to do. I've never understood why realtors make such a big deal out of them. Uh, Hmm. But they do.
4: It's interesting. Every house I've ever sold, I've had better luck uh, removing the ceiling fans.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But but the realtors are forever putting in the, oh, ceiling fans in every room. I'm like you. I don't want them.
4: Right. That's what
3: the air condition's for.
1: Exactly. Okay. All right. All right. Take care. All
3: right. I appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Bye. Jane, this is Jim. How can I help you?
3: Uh, yes, yeah, so I wanted to know if I could ask you a question regarding fences. Sure, so go what ahead. governs those in Texas? Is it a state or a county um, that determines? Um, I have some property that uh, I've owned for 19 years, so I had uh, fences on uh, to share on three sides, and other people have bought those uh, properties now. And so, I want to know, does the fence belong to me? Do we share it? If I wanted to put up a more secure uh, fence, do I put it inside the current... Um, it's an old barbed wire fence. Um, do we both pay for it? Do they have to agree with what I put up or...
1: Well. I, I the first, thing that, the first amazing. thing that always has to be looked at, and again, I'm not an attorney, however, the first thing that always has to be looked at is if you're in city limits, what does the city code call for?
3: Uh-huh. If I'm you, not in city limits. If,
1: and if you're not, are there any deed restrictions? Okay. Uh, and then beyond that, it's really something that you talk with your neighbor about, hey, I'm, I want to put up a a wooden fence versus this uh, barbed wire fence, would you want to chip in on it? And if they say no, then it's up to you to do it. Because he can't tell you, you can't put the fence up on the property line in most most cases. uh, But he doesn't have to help pay for it.
3: Okay. um, What uh, the deed restrictions on each individual property...
1: Well, normally it's deed restrictions for, uh, like, a neighborhood or whatever.
3: Well, this is kind of—this uh, is north of—it's north of Berkshire. It's uh, considered Berkshire, but not inside the city limits. It's okay. in Waller County. Yeah. And— um,
1: And how large a some... piece of ground are we talking about? Acreage, or are we talking just—
3: Yeah, 10, 10-ish acres. Okay. 10 acres. So um, they she, would have to agree.
1: Well, they don't have to agree. No, it should, uh, is, if there's no restrictions as far as you know what type of fencing you put up, mm-hmm. you don't have to have their permission. The only thing you would get from them is if you wanted to ask them if they wanted to help pay for it because okay. they'd like they'd like to do it as well.
3: Okay, and my um, water well is close to. Um, the South Fence Line. Uh So if I put up a fence, I mean, these people are restricted as to how many feet they can do certain things near my water well. Is that correct?
1: Uh, That's that's typically governed by state laws uh, as far as water wells. And there are some restrictions, but I have no idea what they are.
3: Okay. I'll find out about that. Okay,
1: thank you so much. Okay, you oh, take bye. care. And I have a well on my property as well, and I know there's restrictions as far as how close you can get septic systems and different things like that, but I, I really don't know what the, the rules are on it. Penny, welcome to Texas Home Improvement.
5: I have a question. I am smelling a mold or mildew smell in my bathroom that sits above my hallway. There was a spot in the ceiling in my hallway that was, you know, water coming through there. I had it opened up and looked, couldn't see anything, can't see where it's coming from in my bathroom. My question is, what kind of a contractor do I call to help me out to see what's going on? Is it a plumber? Is it a sheetrock person? Is it a roofer? I I don't know.
1: Well, typically for that, you're going to call a plumber because he's got to find the leak first. Okay. And you said it's in, there is a bathroom above the hall there, correct?
5: There's a bathroom above it where I smell a smell, but it's also the bathroom and the hallway are inside of a really steep, steep pitch on my roof. So I don't know if I have a leak from the roof that's coming behind the bathtub and then going down to the hallway or if there's a leak somewhere in the tile in the bathroom that's coming down. Does that make sense?
1: It does. I will tell you a lot of times where the leaks are found is in the overflow of the bathtub. Okay. Uh, Those are notorious for starting a leak like that. So the first thing I would look at is, is it at the end of the tub? That has the drain in it. Okay. Uh, And if it is, that would be my first place that I would open up and take a look at.
5: So then you would call a plumber for that? Yes, ma'am. Okay.
1: Peggy, welcome to KTRH. How can I help you?
5: Uh, About
6: a month or so ago, a lady called in about refinishing her kitchen cabinets, and she had the same, like, a light... uh, Varnish or a light stain on hers. And yes. you said to use a degreaser on it. Uh, what What's the name of the degreaser that you said?
1: Well, uh, there. okay, so it's, it's got a wood finish on it, correct?
6: Uh, it's solid wood.
1: Yeah, okay. There's a mixture of, if you use mineral spirits and boiled linseed oil.
6: Okay.
1: Mix those together.
6: Uh-huh.
1: And use a double-knot steel wool okay to scrub the, the cabinet down it'll take off all the grease and grime buildup and uh-huh. the linseed oil will soak into the wood to give it that nice finished look again oh
6: okay also uh you said to she wanted to paint it and i want to paint mine too and you said to use an all based paint or some other kind okay i can't remember what the other kind was
1: yeah and if you're going to paint it don't use the product don't do what i was just saying if you're going to paint it you want to Clean it up real good first, okay, and then use a product on it that's that's a deglosser like Peso makes one, P A S S O. Uh
6: huh.
1: And I think you can pick that up at Ace Hardware actually. Okay. And you just scrub it down with that deglosser, and what that does is it takes the shine off the finish so that the paint will stick.
6: Okay. And then can you use a, a water based paint on it then?
1: Well, you'll use a, you can use either an oil base or a water base that has an accolade in it.
6: Uh accolade, that's what I couldn't remember. Okay, that's what I needed to know. Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome. Take care.
7: All right, bye-bye. Bye.
1: Rick, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you?
7: Hey, Jim, I wanted to ask you a question about we're, uh, having new windows put in our house, and I was looking at your... Uh, newsletter that you sent out last week and you had a little article in there about the uh, putting some kind of something reflective on the windows to help with the heat yes and two of my windows face directly west and they get the noon to you know to six seven o'clock hot sun and of course that's the hottest part of the house when you talk to the window people they tell you that that, you know, the solar screens and that stuff is not needed with the new technology. Uh, do you think that's true? Or?
1: In many cases, that can be the case, you know, especially if they specially do the windows for that, you know, facing the sun that way. So in, in many cases, yeah, that is the, the, the case. Typically, where people are needing to use the solar films and screens and all that, Or on some of the older windows Uh, because about three years ago, I think it is now is when the energy code changed and virtually every window manufacturer had to change and up up step in order to meet the new energy codes. And so if it's a, if the windows are newer than that, chances are real good. You don't need anything. If they're older than that, it'll depend on what they were using. And I can tell you, 99% of the window manufacturers did not meet the current energy code up till 3 years ago.
7: Yeah, these we haven't had them installed yet. They, uh, we haven't picked a company yet, so we're going to you know pick one and so I'm sure it'll be 6-8 weeks before they get installed.
1: So. Well, you need call America's Choice Windows and uh, that's talk that's... with them.
7: Yeah, they're um, one of the ones that that I had come out,
1: so. Yeah, and uh I've got their windows in my house, and, and I'll tell you up front, I didn't put anything on the windows beyond what they did. It really wasn't needed. Okay. That was my question. All righty. Well, you take care and have a great after- weekend. Thank you. You bet. Bye-bye. Uh, Laura, how can I help you today?
8: Hey, thank you so much for taking my call. You bet. Um, I, I have a question regarding uh, air ducts for my air conditioner. Okay. Making a long story short, um, I had to get the installers back out here to look at my carrier system because it kept throwing a critical error. Uh And we found out that it was deficient in the return and air supply. And I think what they're saying on this paperwork, it should be um, 1700. And uh, I'm required, I guess, like 1400, which is a total of, I guess, deficiency of like 620. Are you with me so far?
1: Not a bit, but I got somebody who is. Hang on one second. Let's bring Dan on from Advent Air. Dan, are you still with us?
0: <laughs> yes. I'm here, Jim. Okay. How you doing? How you doing, Laura?
8: Fine. Well, what I was talking about was debt calculations. Yes, ma'am. Uh, basically, they were saying I was required like 1400 and in, um, I guess, the air handling. So I'm about
0: 620 okay. efficient. Okay. So uh, can I ask per- what type of ca- can I ask what type of carrier system you have? Is it an Infinity have- system? Well,
8: the thermostat is an Infinity, but the okay. actual unit upstairs, I think, is like a Puron. I think they mix that. They use.
0: Yeah. Okay, uh-huh. so if you 've got an infinity thermostat, you have an infinity system. The Puron is just the type of refrigerant that you have, and those okay. are very those are very sensitive to what we call static pressure, which is resistant right. on resistance on the system, which ties directly to the airflow so uh-huh. yes, you will get you will get those faults unless the ducting is sized properly. Um, right. the, the best way to do that is to run the manual J in a room by room CFM breakdown to determine uh-huh. what you have and what you actually need and then have those ducts properly sized.
6: This
8: is what they proposed to do. The installers, you know, came back and said, okay, we're going to make two of your ducts bigger and then we're going to add 12 inches off of the one in the living room. And I'm thinking that's not going to cut it.
0: Well, what you need to do is you need to. they need to show you um a how they 've come up with those calculations, uh, they should be able to show you a room by room CFM breakdown of what you currently have, and then they can they can determine how they 're going to get it corrected and Those numbers may be right, but without by looking at the load count and the CFM breakdown for each room that 's the only way you can determine how to get it sized properly. Uh, but until it is done, you are going to continue to have those faults on you, your uh, thermostat.
8: Yeah, actually, what it's doing is it's shutting the fan down. It's, it's going to burn up the motor. The motor.
0: Well, yeah, and the, the reason it's showing it. that fault, it, it shuts itself down to protect the equipment. Carrier t- puts a lot of uh, research into this, and that's they do it for that reason. If they're, if you get a installer that doesn't do it properly, they don't want your equipment to be damaged, so it'll send a fault. And it'll shut the system down for you to protect you. Mm-hmm. So right. all we need to do is get that duct system fixed um, and get the proper C F M, the static, what we would call static pressure, correct on the system, and you'll be just fine.
8: Okay. Well, I guess my question is: Is they're coming to do this work because they feel like this is the answer to the question?
1: Before okay, so they what, do what it, you want- make them show you the paperwork that they calculated. So-
0: Exactly. Get that room-by-room CFM breakdown, and I would even ask them to give you a diagram of how those ducts are laid out in your house. Do I have an 8-inch go into this room, and what is the CFM required? And then let them show you what the modifications are going to be.
8: Yeah. See, right now, all we have is, like, the 1, and that's it. The 1 10-inch.
0: Yeah, and again, that doesn't... I, I, I would have to see... What the uh, the manual D on that is, which tells me the uh, the airflow to the rooms. Uh, we'd have to see that to to t- tell me whether a ten inch or a twelve inch or, you know, is proper for that application. And, and Laura,
1: this this was a retrofit system, right? This isn't new construction.
8: No, no, no. The unit was installed in two thousand and five, and it's okay. been throwing up this error since two thousand and five. I moved in in two thousand and eight. And that's when I went back to the installers, and they're not real happy about doing this because the unit, like I said, it's been in there since 2005. Laura, what yeah. part of
0: the you? Where, where? What part of the Metroplex do you live in?
8: I'm in Allen. I'm in
0: Allen. Allen, I'll tell you what. Do this if you want to give me a call directly in my office on Monday. <laughs> um, I'll see you about having one of my consultants come out. And just make sure that this is happening, take, uh, being done properly for you. Just call me really? directly in my office really? at 972-221. Hold on, <laughs> Hold on, I'm
8: running for ten. Right now. Hold on. Would y'all be willing to come out when they come when
0: they come to do the work? I, it would depend on the scheduling. I'd have to look at that. But again, if you will call me, I I, I don't want to get in there and get in have my guys get into a dispute with another company. <laughs> exactly. What I'd like to do is come out and run the numbers for you, show you what it should be, tell you what size those ducks should be. I'll be happy to do that for you. Um, Just give me a call. My office number is 972-221-4373. Ask for me directly, Dan Lysing, and uh, we'll help you out with this. Okay?
6: Okay, thank you.
1: you. All right, Laura, thank you very much. Have a good weekend. Wes, how can I help you?
9: Hey, Mr. Dutton, love your show. I finally got a chance to call you because my wife's out of town. I can't call when she's in town because she thinks I know everything. I can't let her <laughs> catch me asking you. But I got a, a house built in Spring Branch in 1966 with a detached garage, so there's no insulation in there. And the, the, my workshop's in there, and on the weekends I fiddle around in there. It's hotter than the Fourth of July in there for three or four months out of the year, and I was thinking since I'm having the roof redone anyway because of some hail damage, that might be an opportunity to put in something besides the one whirly bird I have. I don't have the only, I guess, ridges. It's got four. The roof line has four lines that come from each corner up to a point in the top. Okay. So I don't know You I'm have a hip roof then. I don't know if it's a candidate for Richmond. I've seen, and I own, and my soffit is own is real narrow. Uh, I mean, yeah, my soffit. So I'm wondering. I've seen some of these electric fans that plug in with a thermostat that sit on the roof that my roofer tried to talk me out of, and I'm just wondering if you have any idea of a good way to keep that thing a little cooler.
1: I do. My, uh, first of all, your roofer is 100 percent correct. Don't use the fans that have to be plugged in. Uh, your roof does not, if it's a, a hip roof like that, it's not a candidate for uh, ridge vents. Take a look at a solar-powered fan for up there. Because then when it's hot, it still clicks on, but it's operating off off the sun's power rather than electricity. And the, the problem with the electric ones is those motors tend to burn up uh, in, in a short period of time. And there's been a lot of fires started with them when they short out. The solar-powered ones, uh, it really hasn't been an issue with them. So take a look at the solar-powered ones. Second thing, you got to get ventilation in there somewhere. Uh, If you've got – when you say the narrow ones, are you talking you got like those three-inch wide soffits?
9: Unfortunately. The house has good ventilation, but the garage not so much, about three or four inches.
1: Okay. Uh, They do make some vents that you can put into those you'd have to have a lot of them in there to, to do what you're needing to do. Your other option on that would be, you know, when you're out there working is to have some type of access because I'm assuming you have the garage door open when you're in there, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. If you've got some type of way for the air to flow up into the attic, when you got the garage door open, it would, that solar fan could actually draw air in and, and up through and and give you enough air movement, it would help. But the number one thing that will help with your temperature in that garage is radiant barrier.
9: On the sides or the roof?
1: Any place you can put it. If you can put it on the sides, by all means do it, but definitely on the roof. That'll make a huge difference. Uh, Uh The radiant barriers can drop the temperature 10 to 15 degrees.
9: And do I need to have that done before, during, or after, or does it matter the the new roof?
1: Yeah, you, it doesn't matter. I mean, I, on I, t- I tell you on my per- on my personal home, I use the plywood that has the radiant barrier on it, and then I put on the attic floor another radiant barrier that's called the Energy Q radiant barrier. It's a multi-layer system with a thermal break in the middle, so it's able to to uh, be touching stuff and still work where most radiant barriers are a single ply. If they touch anything, they're not effective. Uh, uh, okay. But by having that dual radiant barrier, I'm lowering the attic temperature. And then by having it on the attic floor is helping to keep that heat that gets in the attic from coming into the living space or in your case, into the garage.
9: Okay. Yeah. It's a, it's un, totally unfinished and there's no ceiling, uh,
1: Detached. So oh, and no, detached. and no sheetrock on the walls in the garage. No, sir. Oh man, I want you to call Mark Delgado over at Energy Q. His number is one 6220 Man, you can get his product, put it on the attic, in uh, and on the walls, and it will make a huge difference out there when you're working. Energy Q. Energy Q. All right.
9: Martin Delgado, I'll
1: call. Alrighty. Wes, you have a great weekend.
9: Hey, you do the same. Thank you.
1: And as long as your wife still believes that you know everything, man, leave it that way.
9: Yeah, don't tell her.
1: No. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> Alan, how can I help you?
9: I've got a
2: couple of questions. The first is you were talking to the gentleman with the unattached garage and the heat issue. Yeah. I've got I've got a Attached garage, uh, three car, three car garage, and my question is this: the garage doors are uninsulated. And it yep. gets extremely. I mean, you know, if it's a hundred and five outside, it's a hundred in the garage. Um, you were talking about the attic above and putting down uh, the contact insulation,
1: uh, the radiant barrier, yeah
2: right right now can that be stuff set on that or can it be walked on or
1: yes absolutely okay, it's it's so a was- it's a multi-layer and the the layer that separates the uh the two radium barriers from touching themselves is a right. fiber material so you literally can't tear it you have to use a, a knife to cut it
2: because i do have an attic above it and there is a floor in it and but there's no insulation between the attic and the, the garage. Um,
1: and and nor should there be. Uh, you only insulate space that is heated and cooled. Right. But a radiant barrier is, is much like a shade tree, and so that's what helps drop the temperature. And are your garage doors metal?
2: Yeah, they are, and they're uninsulated.
1: Okay. They actually make a radiant barrier that kind of looks like bubble wrap. It's silver on one side, but it's got the air bubbles on it, and you can literally screw that into the lips that are on the inside of the garage door. Right. And so you've got a dead air space then between the radiant barrier and the garage door, and that that drops that heat tremendously because those metal garage doors, they heat up, and, man, they just put a ton oh. of heat into the garage.
2: Would that be better than, like, I've seen these foam panels that sort of go in those garage yeah. doors. Yeah.
1: It'll it'll work much better, yes.
2: Okay, where can you get those, do you know?
1: You can actually even pick that up at uh, Home Depot.
2: Okay, great. My other question is, uh, the house was built in 2005, and in the master bedroom, or the master bath, I've got great water pressure in the tub, but right beside it in the shower, the water pressure doesn't seem to be as good. Any ideas what would cause that?
1: There's, and is it both the hot and cold not having good water pressure well,
2: it, it's not a, it, it's one of those valves that it' the handle rotates uh, right. counterclockwise okay so it, it, the mix the mix control is probably inside you know that that cover yep. comes off
1: and then the last the other question I have on it it, it does it come out fine for the tub but not for the shower head correct correct okay. If you'll remove the shower head, a lot of times there's a screen up there uh, it, that's inside that shower head that's right there when you take it off. And if there right. if it gets debris in it, it slows that shower head down something fierce. Okay. I, I've i got okay. one in my house that somehow I get sand into it, and I literally have to take that thing off and clean it like twice a week. Okay. So check that first, okay. Yep. Yeah. And uh, my get I'm I'm betting that's where it's going to be. Okay. All and right. and the best the easiest way to tell for sure if that's what it is after when you got that shower head off, go ahead and turn the uh, tub on and, and then flip it up to go to the shower. And man, if you got good water coming out, it tells you it's in the shower head itself.
3: Okay.
0: Okay.
1: All right. I appreciate it. Thank you. Alan, you take
0: care. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.